Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was a song by a band from somewhere, and who really gives a shit? You know, who cares? I do. I'm lying. I'm trying to play it up. I'm lying. I'm in a bad mood, but I'm going to tell you who that was anyway. That was Cruelty with Harder Than Before. It's off of their new album, Untopia. It comes out this month on Profound Lore Records. I don't know which record this is for them. I don't know which number, but I know they previously did a split with Terminal Nation. That was really good. Definitely combining hardcore and death metal way more on the death metal side, but a great band out of Tokyo. This one was mastered by Brad Boatwright. Usually we start with who produced it. That was Taylor Young. So let me do that again. This was produced by Taylor Young at the Pit in Van Nuys, California. You might know him from every band. And it was mastered by Brad Boatwright. I was just eager to get to the mastering part by Brad Boatwright because this guy's been mastering everything for my whole life. What level master is Brad Boat right at Audio Siege at this point. He does every single record. Off the top of my head, Obituary, Terminal Nation, Mind Force. Uh, That's not off the top of my head. I just read that. But you know what I'm saying? Look at every CD mastered by Brad Boatwright. And it's really hard for me to say his name, but it's not hard for me to say Cruelty. Cruelty with a K from Japan. The song, again, harder than before, off of Untopia, not to be confused with Fruitopia, the drink from the 90s. This one's coming out this March on Profound Lore Records, your best bet for supreme extreme music. Did I just give him a tagline there? I don't think so. Don't don't use that, but, you know, we're workshopping something. Anyway, speaking of stuff that combines hardcore and all sorts of metal. I got a conversation on this episode with Jake of Judiciary. They got a new album, Flesh and Blood, coming out next week. I want to say on closed casket activities and we're going to talk all about that but first hot zone Chicky. And welcome to my weekly therapy session where I complain to listeners of Getting It Out podcast. I'm feeling slighted lately. I don't know by who exactly. That's not true. I know exactly who. I know which people I think have done me wrong and what have they done? Well, they haven't done much and that's the problem. Do you understand? Do you follow me? They're not seeing the vision. They're not hearing the message. The problem The bigger problem, I should say, is that I don't know if I'm saying it. I don't know if I'm delivering. I don't know if I am uh, really making the attempt to make the connection that I want to make. This is extremely vague, and that's intentional. But maybe that's my problem. Maybe I need to be more clear, more upfront. Throw a little, hey, motherfucker, in there. If I put a, hey, motherfucker, in front of something, are people going to be turned off by that? Are they going to take that the wrong way? Will that not be uh, conveyed as enthusiasm instead of aggression? Because that's it's it's a hard line for me to draw. Uh, I I go from like no emotions to aggressive, and that's like that's like the range I got It's like nothing to aggro, and that's not good. I realize that there needs to be some in between, some peaks and valleys. But I I I, I live like women drive, breaking gas, breaking gas. We're going. We're we're not moving at all, or we're going all the fucking way. All right. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work out for me. So I don't know why I keep it up. But, you know, that's the thing. So I got some things that I want to do with getting it out. And, uh, you know, I guess it's more behind the scenes type stuff. And I don't think it's reciprocated all the time when I bring it up to people. And I've complained about this before. And I don't mean to use this as a public forum to complain. What I'm really trying to do here is just talk about uh, how we all probably do this type of stuff. I know it's not just me. Who's like, why aren't people responding to what I want them to respond to? And then like, if I actually look at it, like, well, I don't know that I actually was clear about what I want them to respond to. And instead of being more clear and making sure it's understood, I'm just getting pissed off. 
Because that's like my default is like, all right, well, you're being an asshole to me. So now I'm going to be an asshole to you. And maybe that just means we're going to start being passive aggressive. And that's probably way more annoying than everything else. But hey, it is what it is. Who doesn't love that term? That means nothing. That's just a good way to move on from things. We probably should move on from things. I probably should just move on to my next idea or move on to the next person that I want to present this idea to. You know, I've, I got to stop doing a uh, what have you done for me lately with people, because I think that's the problem with what they're doing to me. Do you understand? Like, I'm, I'm only being part of the problem by uh, by keeping the cycle going. I need to stop. But I don't want to really want to be the bigger person that gets you nothing. Right. <laughs> I know like a certain good nature people would argue that's not true, but I think it is. I think being the bigger person is the worst usually means you're the loser or you're really fat. I don't want to do either of those things. I don't want to be either of those things, though. I'm trending towards fat at this moment. I need to run more. This weather, this, this is this is the smarch weather, right? It's raining outside right now. It's cold. It's not like bitter cold, but it's uncomfortable cold. I don't want to do that. Anyway, back to being slighted and uh, fighting with people through emails or non-emails, I should say. I guess that's what's going on right now. I need to stop it. Okay, I need to stop it for the benefit of everybody, but mostly myself. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling angsty and pissed off and bitter about people that probably don't even know I have any type of feeling towards them. It's weird. I need to move on from that. I need to move on from that. And the best place to do that, it's right here publicly in my basement. How does that make sense? It just does. Okay. So let's move on. Help me move on. And uh, let's do it by talking about Judiciary with Jake Collinson. He's the vocalist and they've got a new album called Flesh and Blood. It's coming out very soon on Closed Casket Activities. That's a tough one for me to say. Always has been, but I got through it. Just got to do it slow. Closed casket activities. I don't know exactly when Judiciary got on my radar. I think I tried to parse that out with Jake, but I believe it was their debut EP, not the demo or the split with Mortality Rate. Regardless, they've been a fun band to keep track of so far. And their latest record, Flesh and Blood, is their biggest record for many reasons. And we'll see just how big it can get. That's what she said. Once it's out there in the world for the rest of you. Us, all of us, one nation under God. There's scales on the record cover. I don't know. They said you went. And, they went and bought them. I should have asked them this. Where do you buy scales? Who uses these scales? I mean, what what practical use do we have for scales like this? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and Google the uh, album cover. We'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, you know, I just want to know where do you buy? Why do you buy scales other than to take album cover pictures? But enough of my hooey. How about some of Jake's hooey? But first, let's play a track off of Flesh and Blood. This is the first single. It's called Engulfed.
What's the all-time Texan hardcore power rankings? What's the top three? I mean, it, any way you spin it, I feel like if you ask most Texans, it's going to be some combination of Iron Age, Power Trip, and Bitter End. That's right. Every time. Yeah, every time. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you ask me to rank between those three, that's really hard. I'm going to try, and but my opinion might change like the next hour, honestly. They're all yeah, up there for yeah. me. Honestly, I think that I would go, because of the generation I'm in and my, the age I got into it, I would probably have to go power trip, then bitter end, then iron age. Mm, okay. But because, yeah, because power trip and bitter end were like the, the reasons why I got into hardcore. And then I got into iron age through those bands. So like, that's kind of my logic behind it, but there's some days where iron age is number one. There's some days where bitter end is number one. It just kind of depends on my mood. That's funny because I would probably go from up here in Pennsylvania. I'd probably go the exact opposite order, but for for similar reasons, because I was uh, right here in Lancaster is Youngblood Records, which released uh, Mm. Iron Age originally, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also that was they had Far From Breaking, which became Iron Age, which so like so I was really familiar with that label and uh, the stuff on there. And I remember when Constant Struggle came out, it was like the coolest record I ever heard. And yeah. then, uh, and then, so then, like the the other stuff is a little bit later. I remember bitter, bitter end coming through on their tour, buying the mind and chain seven inch, and then of course power trip eventually too. But so for the same reasons, I would go the opposite order. I mean, that's fair. Like I said, it depends on my mood. There's some day, some days where I throw on the sleeping eye, and I'm like, this is the greatest band ever. And then I throw on manifest decimation or nightmare logic because say the same thing climate of fear was like the first <laughs> hardcore record that really grabbed me so like anytime i listen to that i'm like this is the greatest band ever it's crazy <laughs> i'll i'll justify you know what the, you know, needs to happen though maybe it doesn't maybe because because it would seem insincere and uh, forced but i feel like there needs to be a fourth band in so there can be like a texan big four but maybe not. Maybe maybe it deserves to stay as those three. Well, it, it, people always like to liken Iron Age to the father, and then uh, uh, Power Trip and Bitter End as the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I don't know what <laughs> the fourth entity would be, but I, well, I then, let's that, leave it as is. Let's leave it as yeah. Is. In this case, four is a crowd. That's right. That's right. Well, this uh, it's funny how how consistent everybody is, but it but it but it speaks to. Uh, to the greatness of those three. Anyway, let's not talk about other people's bands this entire time. <laughs> let's talk about your band a little bit. <laughs> Judiciary. You've got a new record coming out March 10th called, is it, is it called flesh and blood? Why isn't there the word and in there? Let's get because, right to the important stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is called flesh and blood. Uh, we didn't do an ampersand. We did a plus sign. Just like it, it's not that deep. It's just that we thought it would look cooler. <laughs> honestly and it's different like you could it, I, we felt like it, it it looked good design wise it looked cool like written so that's that's the reason why very nice well this is your second full length for closed casket and uh i don't know what we, what, what would be like your fourth official release maybe yeah fourth like with a with a fifth asterisk if you want to count like our split with mortality rate yeah, I was counting um, that. So maybe I'm missing something in there. Probably the demo that, that probably, we yes, had. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have we have a demo that lives exclusively on Bandcamp that we released in 2014. So 2014. I don't think I was aware of you guys starting with the demo. I think it took the EP, or which came first, the split with morta- mortality rate or morale? What, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? The split or the <laughs> or the EP? The EP came first. It, it, that came in 2016. And okay. then I think the split came in like 2017 or 2018. Okay, cool. Well, the, the, that EP is where you caught my attention. And I thought it was immediately very cool. And I love the sound. And I felt like it was different at the time from what a lot of other bands were doing. And then there was that split, which also was great. And then you did the, the LP, the first LP. And now you're on this one. I think you guys sound a little bit different here. And I mean that as a as a good thing. Tell me about the difference between flesh and blood and the previous records. So I guess for this record, we just like kind of went into it with the goal of just, we didn't want to make service noise part two. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I think that that just it, 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 surface noise on its own is a very good record. And we, we love that record, but um, we wanted to kind of 
broaden, like it, it sounds cliche, but we kind of just wanted to broaden and expand what we could pull off. Yeah. Um, and like, we kind of self-reflected and thought about like, what was the music that like got us into the place that we are now. And like through that, we kind of realized like, um, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of what we do, like where we kind of succeed is when we swing super wide, like genre wise Mm -hmm. and try to write like whatever the hell we want, essentially, because what, what I find with a bunch of like hardcore bands is when, when hardcore bands try to make Slayer songs, um, it sounds like a hardcore song still just with some, some crawly stuff. Um, we wanted to try to make metal songs because we realized that no matter what, uh, we're still going to sound like a hardcore band. The second my voice goes on it, essentially. (laughs) So we were just like, let's, let's swing wide. Let's like pull from like some other like metal genres and metal records and stuff like that, but still keep like, cause we're hardcore kids at, 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 you know, at the core, like no matter what we do, it's still going to sound like a hardcore record because we just can't help ourselves essentially. Right. Um, so yeah, that was kind of our goal was just to try to write a, a more metal record and, um, but still make it sound like judiciary. And I think we pulled that off. Oh, I think so too. I, I was definitely going to say it's a, definitely a more metal record. And I appreciate the self-awareness that you have going into this. Cause I think a lot of bands think they can escape themselves, you know, become, become a sound that they don't necessarily that they're necessarily, not necessarily uh, uh, incapable of, but that doesn't come naturally. And it seems like you guys are in touch with what naturally you're good at. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like I said, we did some self-reflection on like, what do we, what do we listen to? Like, what do we like? Like, we're all like death metal fans. Like we listen to some like black metal, some like nineties metal, a bunch of like machine head. Mm-hmm. Um and then like you mix that with like, again, we're hardcore kids. Like we can't, we literally cannot help ourselves from writing like a two-step or a, like just making it sound like a hardcore band. So like, if you, if we try to just emulate this other stuff that we do, I think we can, we tried to make like a hybrid of everything involved and make it like a truly us record at, like that we feel as people. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But do you feel like you were successful at what you're going for? I think so. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm super, super proud of what we pulled off. Um, I think that like, if I were to pull myself out of this record, just as like a music fan, I think I would listen to it and still love it a lot. Obviously I have a personal bias to it because I, I, sure. I, I, I wrote the music, but like, um, I I think that it's it's just very true to what I like as a music fan and I'm I'm really really proud of it and I think the other guys would say the same thing too. Yeah, well how far back does the uh, gestation of these songs go? How long have they been in the incubator? So, uh so the original plan for this record, it's been a very very long process. Um the original plan for this record, we finished our um last tour pre-pandemic um in december of 2019 mm-hmm. we had a couple of shows at the beginning of 2020 we said like okay after like we play ldb fest we play the show in san antonio um we're gonna hunker down write this next record because we didn't have a tour on the books till august so we had like seven months or so and we kind of just said like okay let's hunker down write this record Um, and then obviously shortly after we play our last show in San Antonio before the pandemic, the world shuts down. Yeah. Um, we kind of figure out that, you know, we can't see each other like, cause you know, nobody knows what, what is going on with like COVID. Nobody has like much education on like what's going to happen. Um, the world was just crazy as we all know. Um, so we kind of had to pivot and we found ourselves buying recording equipment. Um, like our, our drummer, Austin had to learn how to program drums. Um, our guitarist Israel had to buy a whole recording setup. So that way he could learn how to, how to record guitars at his house. Um, 
and uh, he had to learn like all this new software too. So like it was a, a lot of it was like a learning process um, and us just trying to stay on the ball. Um, and that also came with challenges too. Cause like during the pandemic, that's like, obviously everybody had their personal uh, stuff going on, like between um, just, just life getting in the way. Like I moved in the middle of the pandemic in the middle of us writing this record. Um, some other people were like in the middle of job stuff. Some people were in the middle of, you know, just, just life. Um, so like, it was hard to kind of keep on the ball. Um, so the writing process took a long time. It pretty much, um, took over a year to finish these songs essentially. Um, and, you know, later in like the pandemic era, so like late 2020, early 2021, we finally started like getting the ball rolling. And, uh, there was a few times where, cause we're spread out. Um, I live in San Antonio. Um, our drummer and our bassist live in Austin and, uh, our guitarist lives in Lubbock still. And then our other guitarist lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> So Jesus, that last one's quite a bit different. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like we had to fly him down every once in a while for like a weekend, um, just so we could like get in the same room and flesh all of our ideas out that we were sending back and forth. So like there was like probably three or four times where we flew him down and it was like, okay, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're practicing all day. Um, and we're going to try to knock out as many songs as we can. And, um, by the end of it, we were all brain fried, like, like stupid. Um, and then we demoed the tracks out. So that was another fly down for Jimmy. Um, we flew him down, demoed the tracks out at our friend Matt's place in Dallas, made a bunch of changes there. Um, and then we went and recorded in uh, September of 2021, um, which is a long fucking time ago. Um <laughs> we went and, and hung out with Arthur Rizik for a couple of weeks and knocked the songs out. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the painful writing process that we had to deal with that, you know, just kind of naturally happened. Do you feel that the elongated process was beneficial? Um, was it more frustrating? It was, it was both. Like it felt like we, we were just waiting on each other and other people the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like a big reason why it took so long was because we were trying to, we were so like obsessive about every little thing that went into this record. Like we left no stone unturned. So like we got to a point where it's just like, Hey, we're taking a really long time at this. We might as well just take our time and make sure it's like perfect essentially which I think that paid off, but like also you kind of get impatient. You see other people um, kind of getting their music out post pandemic, going out back out on the road, playing shows and you kind of get, you know, impatient with the process. But I think that it was worth it in the end because we made a record that again, I'm, I'm really, really proud of. And I think that there's nothing on the record that I, I, I can look at say like, yeah, we could have done the, done without that or, you know, we could have done that better. I, th I think that we like put everything we had into it. Yeah. I, well, I, I can hear that as well. And it sounds, it sounds fucking massive. It sounds way bigger than, <laughs> than uh, previous recordings. And I think that obviously has something to do with Arthur Risk, Risk, Risk. I'm going to say that right. One of these days, Risk, you know what I mean? Arthur yeah. and, uh, and having Will, P Will Putney mix and master, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, they did exactly what we wanted them to do. Like we went to Arthur because like a, um, you know, Arthur's made like some of like the best metal records of like the past 10 years. I mean, he, oh, yeah, he's the he, name now. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he was the guy for power trip. He did like the, the new Cavalera conspiracy and soul fly records. Like mm. he's, he's done so much. So it was like, okay, if we're trying to make a metal record, let's go to like a metal, more metal producer that we know and trust. Plus like, uh, you know, when, when Riley Gale was still around, like he, um, he advocated really hard for Arthur and Riley was like a super big, like connector of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he, that's, that's, he connected us to him, like for him to master or mix and master our last record surface noise. 
Um, and then when we were writing the record, Riley was like, yeah, you definitely should do that. And we were already kind of thinking, thinking it, Arthur seemed stoked at the idea. So we went to him and we were like, okay, he's going to make it sound like an Arthur record. It's going to be like pretty raw. Um, and like, he's going to make it sound kind of gritty and make it quote unquote, like weird and good, weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we just, when we decided to go with Will Putney for mix and mastering, it was like, okay, Will can take this gritty kind of traditional sound and modernize it. So that way you can do like a mix of the two and like meet it in the middle, which is like what we were trying to go for music wise too. Like, how do you make, how do you take this metal sound that's from years ago and make it 2022 or 2023? And they, they pulled it off just how we wanted to. So I couldn't be happier with the way it sounds. Yeah. It sounds great. And I I don't think I've seen their names paired up on the production and mix and mastering side before though. I'm sure somebody's done it, but maybe not, but I don't know. We are the first ones to do it. Nice. Yeah. 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 Well, I think there'll be plenty to follow suit after they hear this. Uh, I guess you only have two songs out now, right? Right mm-hmm. now, right? Engulfed and what's the other one? Paradigm Piercer. That's what it is. Two P's. I was trying to think of what I was going to go with two S's, but uh, Paradigm Piercer. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, how's the feedback been from those tracks so far? Um, it's been good. Um, I, you know, I think that people know that it's a sound shift. Mm-hmm. Um, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And they're aware of it, but I think people like it so far. And like those two tracks, I mean, engulfed, we wanted to that to be the music video and the first single because it was like this feels like the most encapsulating song of what the record sounds like completely. Mm-hmm. Um and then Paradigm Piercer, it was like, this one's big. This one sounds like, you know, it it it, it just, it sounds like, a, a, it, it, for lack of a better term, I can't really word it, but it just sounds like a song. So it's just like, yeah. let's, let's put the song out there. Um, and so like, yeah, I, I, I feel like people really enjoy it and I'm really happy about it. Cause like when you shift your sound a little bit, you like, I was pretty anxious about the reception and how people would receive, like, even if it's just a slight shift and it still sounds like us, some people don't want that. Um, and like, naturally you're anything you do, you're going to lose some people along the way. But I think that we're also, um, gaining some new people too. And I'm, I'm happy about it. Yeah. I think it definitely, there's, there's a lose some gain some, but it definitely goes in the gain some favor, especially in the direction you're heading. Speaking of the sound shift in the direction that judiciary is heading with the sound, does it change your expectations of what you hope this record does for the band? Um, I honestly have tried to go into it with no expectations. Um, I think that there's some hopes mm-hmm. of what we can do because I'm confident in the sound and like what we are as a band right now. Um, I think that we can reach pretty great heights. Um, I mean, like, we've already done a, a, a ton of like really, really cool things. We played Hellfest last year. It's like the biggest show we've ever played. And it was yeah. insane. Um, and then like, you know, like I said, like the sound, I, I, I would hope that this carries us to, to bigger heights, but like, I don't want to put like a, a standard on, on myself before I know what's going to happen. 
Um, but I, I think, I think that we are capable of, of, of kind of leveling up here and, and doing some things I could, I could really enjoy and be really proud of. Yeah. I think at, at worst you, you raised, you're raising the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's plenty of room to, you know, the sky's the limit. Right. But I think with this, with a record like this, like you said, a good, good phrase there is you're, you're, you're leveling up regardless. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's like kind of the name again. I think raising the floor is, um, is a good way to put it as well. Well, you, you just, just out of curiosity, cause you just mentioned playing Hellfest, right? And the last time I ever went to Hellfest was in New Jersey, right? Which of course mm-hmm. is not a thing anymore. Uh, well, at least not a domestic thing anymore, just, but I've always been curious about what Hellfest in France looks like because my only, uh, recollection or my only knowledge is Syracuse version and the Rexplex version. <laughs> um, which uh, ended interestingly the last time, but anyway, what is that like for a band of your size playing Hellfest in France? What is the like? What's the stage set up there? How's the, I've never even looked at videos. I never thought so. What's so? Yeah. So Hellfest in France is like it's the most pro. Like it feels like metal Coachella, if that makes sense. <laughs> right. Like. It was, it was insane. They, so basically it's, it's in the middle of like, I want to say it's like wine country, France. Like it's just in the middle of nowhere. And the people that put the, put on Hellfest, they own this land. Um, they, it's probably like, I'm not good with like land area, but like it's, it's fucking huge. It's probably like a square mile essentially of land. Um, and, uh, they have like six stages probably. Um, and it's just like the biggest bands ever are playing <laughs> everywhere at the same time. Um, the stage that we played was, which was called the war zone stage. When we got the offer, it said that the stage cap for uh, crowd capacity was like 10,000 people. Wow. And I want to say that we probably played to about that many people. Like it was full. Um and it was insane. Um, like on our day, uh, Metallica headlined our day. I got to see Merciful Fate. I got to see Triptychon. I got to see Carcass. Like it was a crazy, crazy day. Um, and like when when we played, we like I said, we played to a full crowd. We played, I think, like third on our stage. It was a band from mm-hmm. Australia, Year of the Knife, and then us. And we played probably at like two o'clock or something like that. And we played to a full crowd. The reaction was good and everything like that. Um, and it was just incredible. Like I, I couldn't believe that that many people gathered there just for like some guitar music, essentially. Like, yeah. And then my, my little fucking dinky hardcore band from Lubbock, Texas made it to France in the first place. And then ended up in this field in the middle of France to play to all these people. It was insane. That's cool as hell. Uh, that's, I have to imagine that's not the first time you were over in Europe with the band. Was it? Yeah. That was our, uh, that was our third time over in Europe, which is insane to say. Yeah. It's so cool though. It's so cool that the people like yourselves get to go take this shit worldwide. And I've had so many friends over the years that have done the same thing. And, uh, I, I just love watching it. I love, I love seeing it. I don't give a fuck what type of music you're playing, just getting out there and doing, doing this thing because I don't know, I'd have to imagine you guys are working day jobs at home and uh, not doing what you want to do. So the fact that you get to do stuff like this and like at least have a semblance, something that resembles like a career as a musician is pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, like if, first of all, I don't know if, if I wasn't in this band, I don't know how, likely i would be to be able to make it to europe in the first place like it would Mm -hmm. probably take me a while and a lot of money to be able to like really pull that off um but this band has afforded me the opportunity to go multiple times and it's because people over across the world like what the hell we're doing which is just insane um like I, I'll never take that for granted, even though like, you know, I, I, I whine about there being no air conditioning in Germany, but it's worth it. man. do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I get it. Um, speaking of, uh, big changes, big things for the band for Judi- judiciary. looks like you changed the logo. 
What's mm-hmm. going on? That's a big deal, man. Was we, there a discussion? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it, a bunch of it was just like, Hey, this band is like changing a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. evolve the logo a little bit. Um, that was for a few reasons. Like a sound wise, I think it looks more like we sound now. Um, I agree, yeah. I think the I think the the old logo is like an incredible logo, like and it served its purpose so well. And like I, I love that logo. Um, but like the new logo sounds like the new songs, or it looks like the new song sound. And then like also it's kind of easier for us to use that thing now because if if I can give a peek behind the curtain, having an arch logo is fucking hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> dude like it's hard to make designs with that thing like you know the, the little low profile hats that people love yeah. like it, it it doesn't look right with all that dead space under the arch like you have to do something with it so it's a lot easier to work with too so that was a, that was a good reason for us to change it I, I totally I understand what you mean and only from doing the little things that I do with Photoshop with when I put things with a lot of bands logos together, the fucking arch ones, you got to like line them all up around each other or underneath each other. Or, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a design challenge. It's but this one looks cool. Yeah. This yeah, one looks thanks. cool. I got it right here in front of me. And uh, speaking of things that look cool, the artwork for the record looks pretty fucking cool too. What's what's going on there. Who did that? Um, so that was our friend, uh, Nicholas parks. Um, he, so he kind of landed uh, in our camp because um, the guy that produced our mu- music video, Michael, um, he basically, A, he's one of our best friends. Uh, B, he works on a creative team, creative team called Muted Widows. Um, they do a bunch of music videos for like, they've, they've done music videos for like Boy Harsher, uh, Drab Majesty Ceremony, um, bands of that world, King Woman too. Um, and he kind of directed us towards Nicholas because we said we wanted a photo for the front of the record because, um, you know, we've done the painting thing. We did a collage for the last one. Um, and we've never done a photo and we felt like a, like a more striking, like kind of clear. Um, I think the word avant-garde was also used like when we were trying to decide what we wanted photo would work better for the sound that we were trying to pull off. Um, and uh nicholas just you know he helped us out with that he did that photo we bought the scales and uh some other stuff that um is in the layout that he used in the photographs and he he crushed it and like um he did you know what we wanted we wanted like a striking photo um he pulled that off he also did he we flew him out to uh lubbock uh which is the middle of fucking nowhere. If, if anybody, you know, has never been there or knows where that is, um, in West Texas. And, uh, he shot promo shots in front of this, uh, crazy building called the Bruno building in Lubbock. Um, and, uh, he crushed that too. So, you know, we, we couldn't be more appreciative for Nicholas. You know, I was going to ask you about this space Alamo that you're standing in front of. I have no idea, no idea what that thing was. Looked like a uh, yeah. helicopter of some sort, but it, it was definitely on my things to ask you, what the hell is that thing? Yeah. So um, that's actually, so there's a small lake in uh, like just outside of Lubbock called, uh, it's called Buffalo Lake. And then there's a small like township city kind of thing attached to it called Ransom Canyon. And so that house was built by uh this artist um i forget his first name but uh last name is bruno and um he basically was a art professor at texas tech um and he worked on building that that all steel house on the side of this cliff um I think it took him 40 years to build. What? <laughs> yeah, cuz it's like a complete art piece um and like it's it's crazy looking. It's all steel. Um and it took him like 40 years to finish and then he died after he finished it. Yeah, was it worth it, man? Come on. I mean, it, it's a it's a cool building and like a bunch of uh, other people have used it for stuff like uh I it was used in a shoot for Vogue magazine. Um and then like uh, Solange, like the R&B star, uh, she yeah, used it yeah. in a music video too, which is crazy. Like that people would fly all the way to Lubbock, Texas, just to use this building for their projects. 
Um, but <laughs> it it's like funny. one of the coolest, it's one of the coolest things about Lubbock in our opinion. Like we had to take pictures in front of it. It's cool. It definitely uh, caught my attention, you know, right when I saw it in the first uh, press release or the first news bit, I saw like, what the fuck is that thing? Uh, yeah. So well, and, and for the imagery, we were trying to go for like some like, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic type stuff. And that kind of falls in line with it, too. Sure, sure. What well, is uh is any of that type of stuff in the lyrics? Is there any type of theme or concept through this album with your lyrics? I think you could tie those in. Um, I, I kind of wanted to make the lyrics sound like the music video and the, the imagery that we use, the promo shots inside the packaging. I think that that kind of plays into it too. Um, but yeah, the lyrics, the lyrics play into that, um, that theme as well. Um, but I think on this record, it's kind of a mix of like, cause I, I think on a, on a bunch of our older songs, um, I was kind of looking outward and just saying what I, what I felt about what I saw, which is why mm-hmm. a bunch of the the old lyrics are very, um, political, um, on this one, I, I, I did a little bit more like personal digging, um, instead of, um, I guess a little bit like more outward looking, which there are songs where kind of follows those same themes that I was, I was going for before. But I think on this one, I, I kind of looked inward a little bit more as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense though. All of it, the, the, the whole thing is a package really does make sense. And, uh, it's, I, I listened to it quite a bit. I was like, it's just listening to it like an hour ago as I was at the gym, put up a couple extra pounds with it. So I got to thank you for that, but it's all, it's all, <laughs> it all works very well together and it sounds big. It sounds heavy. And it's hard. There's so, there is that hardcore stuff in there. It's definitely not gone. Uh, what is it? The, is it the end of cobalt? Is that the, is there, is there like a really big mosh part at the end of one? Of, is that the right song? Uh, cobalt has a big one. Blood has the, the, the most ridiculous. It was closer to the, to the back of the record. So it must've been cobalt okay. that I was thinking of. Cause it was just, yeah. Yeah, it was just working out and like, you know, almost on the record it felt like, and then that's that part hit and like, Holy shit, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. That one has a fun mosh part on it. What I, I saw that you guys have cited, or at least someone cited for you, uh, albums like God Slayer's God Hates Us All and uh, The Impossibility of Reason by Kamara uh, as influences for this record, as well as Machine Head, like you mentioned. Why those two records? Um, you know, for lack of better terms, just because they're fucking sick, man. Uh, <laughs> like, like I that that was one of the things where it's like when you look back on like what you like about heavy music growing up like mm-hmm. those those records came out in like 2001 2002 yeah, September 2003 11th. yeah exactly god hates us um, all came out september 11th and like on a personal like i think god hates us all is like one of slayer's most underrated albums honestly like i think it's pretty it's, damn good yeah it's talked about but it's like it's because it's different than like their classics like like rainy blood and um seasons yeah i think it gets it gets better uh it gets better pressed now than it did then yeah absolutely um but yeah like it's it's basically because those records are really sick and like um i i think that that was an era in like metal music that like had a lot to offer um and i think that those records just kind of like that's what felt like a natural progression for us because we were already listening to that stuff when we were writing surface noise but it felt like we were trying to it felt like we were trying to make god hates us all the hardcore record yeah when it was like why don't we just take that and make a metal thing and it's still mm-hmm. gonna sound like it, that that's that that's what i was trying to say is like let's swing wider and just like go to these metal records instead of just like, you know, returning to master killer again and like try to try to make, make a metal record that sounds like it would have fit this era essentially. I think it's a, I think it's a really honest way of making your music, you know, cause I think there's a, there's always the, I don't know. There's always like the pressure the intention to like be a certain sound. And it sounds like your guy, you guys are letting that kind of go and just doing what you actually want to do. Cause like you, you mentioned um, like playing what you actually listen to. 
or, you know, yeah. you said, I'm paraphrasing, but the, the, uh, I think a lot of people think don't know what they like. I should, I should rephrase that. Like when you really yeah. look at what you listen to, if you really look at your little analytics, you find you probably listen to more shit that's uh that's a little farther away from what you tell people you like. Well, and that's, that's the thing is like, again, we are hardcore kids at the core. Like I, right. I listen to hardcore almost every day. Like, and, but also like, I can't discount that I listen to death metal and I listen to like heavy metal and like, I, I like some black metal songs. Like, so why can't like, we just, try to take all those tastes and merge it into one. Cause like when you listen to, you know, a, a record like God tastes us all, that sounds like what they were doing too. It mm. sounds like they were listening to a bunch of hate breed, but also like they, they know what Slayer sounds like and they like what Slayer sounds like. So like, why, why, why not just bring those together and make something that's like kind of more true to you. Um, and I think that's where like, some of my favorite music is birth, especially like the cross section of metal and hardcore. Those are all my, like I mentioned master killer. I think that's one of the best hardcore records of all time. It's like the best record of all time almost, you know, and I know it's it's a funny thing to say that, but fucking that record is so good. Yeah. And then like a band like Chromads, like my favorite record is uh, Alpha and Omega. And that's like, you're lying. No, I'm not. That's my favorite (laughs) Chromags record. I would, I would accept best wishes, but, uh, all right. Well, I, you can have alpha, I, Mike, alpha Mike. but best wishes is, is probably second. So <laughs> it, it follows that trend, but like you listen right. to like, you, you listen to like the other side of madness. It sounds like fucking like, it sounds like an Aussie song or some shit. You know right. what I mean? Like it, I, I, I think that that's like, that's what I have always liked is the more metal shit that comes in the cross section of metal and hardcore. I hear you. I hear you. I and I, I have to agree with you. I was looking at the, you know those Spotify maybe maybe it was a Spotify wrapped thing. Maybe it was something else. I forget. But it had like the most my most listened to music for last year, and it was <laughs> it was just like right down the line of uh, Slayer, Metallica, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. Like that was it. I was like, well, all right. I guess that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Judiciary. Flesh and Blood, Close Casted Activities, March 10th is the release date. What else is happening this year that you can talk about? Uh, So we're going to be playing some release shows in Texas. Uh, The lineup I'm really fucking excited about. Um, It is uh, Us, Inclination, Tribal Gaze, Future Shock, and uh, some other bands from around Texas. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that lineup. we're going to be playing our hometown of Lubbock, which we haven't played in a few years, um, Dallas and Austin. Um, so those are going to be cool. We're also trying to, uh, make it out to other parts of the country. Um, we have some stuff in the works that I can't really talk about yet, but, um, we'll be around. I think is the best way to put it. All right. Well, Hey Jake, uh, the record's great. Uh, I'm excited about it. You should be too. I hope you are. Well, one, one last tiny question, but I asked this to everybody that's putting out a new record. What are you most looking forward to about the release? I'm mostly just looking forward for people to fucking hear it. We've been sitting on it for so long, man. Like I, I feel like I've just been like, for lack of better term, I've been sitting on this like pile of gold that I'm really, really proud to share. And I just haven't been able to yet. Um, so like, I'm, I, I, I'm really excited for people to hear it. And like, if they love it or they hate it i just want it to be out in the world and like see you know what people take away from it so yeah that's that's it i just i'm most excited for people to just hear it man
so there you have it. That was my conversation with Jake of Judiciary. The song you just heard was Knife in the Dirt, of course, off of their new LP, Flesh and Blood, out March 10th on Closed Casket Activities. I want to thank Jake for his time and his conversation and for his music. Big fan of Judiciary here, as I'm sure many of you already were. And if you weren't, you are now. I've convinced you. I've done the work. I've done the duty. Jake helped a little bit and his band did a pretty good amount of the work, too. So I think let's give them some credit for you liking Judiciary. It's not all on me, but, you know, I had a part in it, possibly, maybe. Who cares? I'm excited for the rest of you to hear that full record. It truly rips and it will be on many year end lists. That is not a prediction. That is a statement. And a solid statement is usually the way I should end the podcast, but I'm not going to yet. I'm going to use this opportunity to complain a little bit more about the Philadelphia 76ers. Lost again last night to the Dallas Mavericks. Where was the defense in that game? I don't really care. It was pretty exciting to watch. Would be nice to see some defense. Don't don't do that. Don't say that I want some D. I want some defense. Okay. I know where you were going with that. We're not going to do that. All right. But uh, but that's going to be it for this one. Uh, Of course, I want to encourage you to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going there. Today is the list of new releases. Yesterday was the list of tour announcements and festival wrap-ups. Not a lot on that list for this week, but there is a lot of new releases today. I highly suggest you get out there and start listening to shit. Start with the new Verminoth, Grotesque Manifestation. Start with that EP. It's out now on Grand Vomit productions i should play a track from that but i played you plenty of tracks from that earlier this week on that episode so i'm going to end it with a track from another death metal band they're out of los angeles and they got a new record coming out called death age it's going to be on 20 bucks spin records it drops march 31st of 2023 that's this year that's the last day of this month in this year they previously released an lp called terror escape on maggot stomp but this one is their 20 buck spin debut. It's Command. The track is called Chimera Soldiers. Thank you for listening.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.